بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by thanking and expressing our gratitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we've reached the blessed month of Ramadan, alhamdulillah. And we are in the blessed day of Al-Jumu'ah. So today we find ourselves in a season and in a time of extra blessings, the best of days as well as the best of months. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا That say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that with, well, through the graces, or by the grace of Allah and His mercy, let them express their joy. Let them express their happiness. هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ And this is better than what they have gathered. And this is from the fadl of Allah. Us reaching this month is from the fadl, from the grace, and from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thus we express our joy. As Muslims, by reaching Ramadan, we are extremely happy. And even we have a sense of that alhamdulillah we made it. We made it. And we were not of those who were taken away before this month. Because many lost their lives before the month of Ramadan. Young and old. Young and old. Wallahu musta'an. So this is a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to show our happiness for this. And our joy for this. And we have to therefore use this month. And use the time in this month. To show our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To show our shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For every bounty, we should show shukr. Especially the greatest of bounties. The bounty of Al-Islam. The bounty of Al-Iman. That we've been made believers by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've been guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And... He's allowed us to reach another Ramadan. He has brought us to another month of Ramadan. Walhamdulillah. And this requires shukr from us. How do we show the shukr? How do we express this joy? We show the shukr by maximizing our month of Ramadan. By trying our best to make use of this month such that we benefit ourselves and that we do not waste our time in this month. So it's of utmost importance, al ikhwah, that we remain focused throughout the month, that we pace ourselves through this month of Ramadan and that we create goals, have a schedule, have something in mind. That in this month, these are the things that I'm wishing to achieve. And this requires introspection. This can be 
from a point of hasanat, in terms of my good deeds, these are my goals. And in terms of leaving my sins and changing my bad habits, these are my goals. And this is how we will maximize this month. This is how we will achieve the barakah of Ramadan. But Ramadan should not be like every other Ramadan or it should not be an adah. It should not become something that is, you know, it comes and it goes. When Ramadan comes, we fast because everybody is fasting. That's what we as Muslims do. So we wake up early in the morning, we have something suhoor, and we abstain from food and drink. We abstain from our spouses. And that's what Ramadan has become. In reality, Ramadan should be there to change us. That when we enter Ramadan, we enter as a specific person. And when we leave Ramadan, we enter a changed person. A changed person. Some of the scholars, they said, how will we ever know if our Ramadan was accepted? If we look back at last year's Ramadan, and the year before that Ramadan, the same with Hajj. People go for Hajj. He comes back, we give him a title, Haji or Hajj. Right? And this is, okay, first of all, it's not from the Sunnah, but besides the point, the point is, has that person changed? Has that person become a better person after his Hajj? And the scholars, they said, if a person made Hajj, and after his Hajj, he was a better Muslim, he gave up many of his sins, he increased in a lot of worship, then inshallah, that's a sign of an accepted Hajj. Because nobody knows whether our ibadat are accepted except Allah. So we can look at previous years of Ramadan. Do introspection and ask yourself, last year where was I as a Muslim? We all look at our growth in this dunya. When we go into school, we look at growth. Have my grades increased? We look at our children, have their grades increased? Did they pass? Alhamdulillah they passed. How did they pass? How are they doing? Where are the weaknesses in which subjects? Okay, did they improve on those subjects? We have growth. Those who are, in, who are playing sport, we look at their weaknesses, we get them coaching, and we make sure that they're growing in their sport. And there's nothing wrong with any of this. Growing as a person, growing with our skills, growing with our knowledge. Likewise, as Muslims, we need to look at our weak points. We need to look at our strengths. And look where we can grow. Where can I improve? Where do I need to change? And we can use the month of Ramadan as the month where we, as a criterion. Look at last year's Ramadan. When I came to Ramadan, where was I as a Muslim? How much Quran was I reciting every day? How much did I fear Allah? How much haram was I busy with? And then Ramadan came and alhamdulillah we changed. We opened the book of Allah. We started to fear Allah. We abstained from lots of muharramat. We started to give charity. We started to make dhikr. We were fasting of course during the days. We were standing in the night prayers during the nights. Making lots of dua. And then what happened? Ramadan left. What happened to us? Did we relapse? Did we go back to square one? Did we go back to the same people we were before the month of Ramadan? 
And this is the question we need to ask ourselves. Because this is how we judge our month. We judge the month after the month. We judge the month after the month. Was I a better person following Ramadan? Did I improve on my ibadah throughout the year? Did I abstain from haram throughout the year? And these are the questions we need to ask ourselves and give honest answers. And then we can learn lessons. Then we can learn lessons and say, this year I need to be better. I need to make sure I'm achieving taqwa. Because this is the purpose of fasting. As we all know the verse in Surah Baqarah. That is made fasting. Allah has made fasting for us so that we achieve taqwa. So that we achieve consciousness of Allah at every moment. This is the idea. That fasting is not there as a detox for your system. For you to lose some weight. It's not the purpose of fasting. Fasting is not to starve you. Or to cause you to become thirsty. Fasting is to teach you lessons, ayyuhal muslimun. And through these lessons, you achieve taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You achieve the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Rubba sa'imin. That there may be a fasting person. Hadhu. His share of his fasting is hunger and thirst. The only thing that he gains from his fasting is what? Is that he became hungry and he became thirsty. But he gained no rewards. He gained no taqwa of Allah. He gained no closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the way that he fasted. Because of the reason that he fasted. And then he spoke about the person who stands up in the night prayers. Rubbaqa'imin is a person who will stand up and he will get no share except the fact that it's, it kept him awake. It kept him from sleep. The only reward, the only benefit was he was awake. He was kept away from sleep. But there's no reward in front of Allah. There's no benefit in his standing. And he doesn't derive the benefits of tahajjud or qiyamul layl. The benefits are much. For example, it will alleviate your worries and your problems. For example, it will increase your rizq. It will bring you taqarrub and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But many of us, we don't experience these benefits. And this is because we are not achieving the ibadat. And fulfilling the ibadat the way it's supposed to be fulfilled. We go back to the famous hadith, Man Sama Ramadan. And in another hadith, Man Qama Ramadan. Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan. And the second hadith says, Whoever stands in Ramadan, meaning the night prayers, Taraweeh. But then the Prophet made an important point. He added a condition. He said, Imanan. Imanan wahtisaban. And we know the hadith, Ghufiralahu, ma taqaddama min dhambi. His sins will be forgiven. But the two conditions were, Imanan is number one. Why do we fast? Why do we come to the masjid and pray tarawih? 
Why do we stand up for tahajjud? We stand up out of our belief in Allah. We stand up sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we will achieve. And this is an important point. Meaning this is a matter of the niyyah. We have to look at our qalb. We have to look at our ikhlas. So Ramadan has come to rectify our ikhlas. Make sure everything that you are doing is imanan. You are doing it to please Allah alone. You are doing it for the sake of Allah alone. You are doing this because Allah instructed you to do it. Had you been living alone in a village somewhere, and there's no Muslims on that place, no Muslims that you are in contact with, would you still fast every day? Would you still pray tahajjud every night? Would you still come and pray taraweeh every night? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves. If we say yes, we know I would make taraweeh every night. I would fast every day. Inshallah, there's an aspect of imanan. This means we're doing it for the sake of Allah. Secondly, part of imanan is to abstain and keep away from riya. Is to keep away from showing off and impressing others. So why did we come to the masjid? Is it because Fulan is going to be there? Is it because I want to show people I'm also in the mosque every day? I'm also in the masjid every night? This is riya. This is doing an act of worship to impress and to show off to others. And wallahi, this has become a major fitna. Not just for the lay folk and the people. For all. For the imams. Especially. Because these days, every single thing must be live-streamed. There's some places you can't make a sajda except they want to live-stream it. You can't make salah except it must be live-streamed. For what purpose? What is the need for people sitting at home watching your salah on Facebook? Can they not make their own salah? If they really want to watch salah, let them watch Makkah, let them watch Medina, there's something at least to see. There's the best of Qur'an, there's the haram to look at. But every masjid wants to live stream the salah. What's the faida? Where's the benefit? Must each one show this is what we are going to do. This is what we are going to do. This is what we are going to achieve. As one scholar said, the month of Ramadan has become the month of Riyah. It's become the month where we show off the most. Most of the showing off takes place in Ramadan. We want to show every little good that we do. Ikhwani fillah. Learn to please Allah when no one can see you. Learn to do something for the sake of Allah when no one knows except Allah. Where you can give with the right hand that your left hand doesn't even know. This is true ikhlas. If we can really uphold this, where there's no cameras, no people. We do it for the sake of Allah alone. This is imanan. This is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With true tawheed of Allah. Worshipping Allah alone and sincerely with ikhlas. We need to make Ramadan the month of ikhlas. Make it the month of ikhlas. What you read of the Quran, nobody needs to know. What you recite of the Quran is between you and Allah. You don't need to tell the world, I recited so much today. 
or live stream your recitation or do this and do that. Do not make this the time of Riyah. This is the month of Ikhlas. Imanan is the close to every condition of every worship before it can be accepted. Wahtisaban. Wahtisaban means you are hoping and longing for the reward of Allah. That when you fast, when you stand in the night prayers, when you stand in Atul Qadr, you are doing it ihtisaban, meaning you are hoping that my reward is with Allah. You are hoping for all of this effort and striving, this hunger and thirst, this tiredness, my legs is aching. I'm becoming weak, I feel tired, my feet are sore. Ihtisaban, remember this. Ihtasib. Ihtasib. Remember your reward is with Allah. Remember the more you strive, the more Allah is going to reward you. Long for this reward. Hope for the reward. This is what the Prophet sallallahu is saying in this hadith. Man saama Ramadan, man qama Ramadan, imanan wahtisaban. It means do it sincerely for the sake of Allah and hope and long for that reward from Allah. Don't long for the reward from anyone else. Don't worry what Fulan and Illan has. Don't worry what he and she will say and do and give you. Don't do anything for the jaza of people. لا يريدون جزاء ولا شكورا. As Allah speaks about, He praises the mu'minun and He says, they don't want any praise or any thanks. They want no reward from people. They want it from Allah alone. And we know the hadith of fasting. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He mentioned in the hadith Qudsi, that Allah, He mentioned that our rewards are الحسنةُ بعشر أمثالها. That every good deed is times by ten. Ila Up to seven hundred. Ila Up to seven hundred. Your deeds are multiplied. Your reward for a good deed is multiplied between ten and seven hundred. Depending on your ikhlas. Depending how accurate your deed is according to the sunnah. Depending how, how you focused. How much khushu' you had. It can be multiplied up to 700. Illa sawm. Except for fasting. Except for fasting. Fasting doesn't fall in this bracket. Fasting is not in this bracket of 10 to 700. Because fasting is for me, as Allah said. And I will reward for it. Meaning the reward that's coming for fasting is far greater than even 700. There's no number that's given. There's no limit that's given. I will reward. And Allah is Al-Kareem. His rewards have no limit. What He has with Him is, no, is unlimited. He can reward you as much as He wants. But it goes back to Imanan Wahtisaban. How sincere are you in that fasting? How much are you longing for that reward of Allah? How much are you struggling and holding firm? And of course part of Imanan is the fear of Allah is that we fear Allah while we are fasting. That when we fast, we do not waste our fast. We do not waste our fast by committing sins. We do not waste our fast by wasting time doing things that earns us the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this takes us back to the hadith of the fasting person. He gets no benefit except that he's hungry and thirsty. 
because he has wasted his fast. Ghibah, Namimah, from the most common of sins. As our Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he said, is there any person on this dunya that can claim he never indulges in ghibah? The Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin says, he doesn't think so except very few. Because ghibah is so widespread where we just speak about others. And we just send a message about this person. And we just run our mouths. And even just listening to the ghibah is bad enough. But this is a way that we waste our rewards. Sitting and watching TV, wasting our rewards. What's on the TV is all types of muharramat. If you think about it, any series or movie, it contains music, it contains undressed women, it contains fawahish, immoralities. It's full of haram. Wasting time in Ramadan is like a sin to the righteous because of the blessed times that we are in. If you are tired, relax, rest. Find a way to occupy your mind and to enjoy yourself in a halal manner. And this is a fitna of today. It's a fitna because what do we do? Generally, when we become bored, we pick up a device. And on that device, now there's fitna because that device is full of haram. That every social media outlet you end up at is going to be fitna. So now you need to control and curb yourself. And this is what Ramadan is about. This is what fasting is about. This is what fasting teaches us. It's the month of tarbiyah. We train ourselves. Not even that water can I drink. Not that small piece of date. Nothing can I eat. Even my wife is halal for me. She's haram for me during the day. She's haram for me during the day. It trains you. You are training your nafs. That if you can stay away from halal things that's good for you, that you need to survive, you can stay away from haram things that you don't need. That's not going to benefit you at all. That's only going to harm you. It's the month of tarbiyah. You are training yourself. And like this, you achieve taqwa. If you achieve this aspect of fasting, you will achieve taqwa. The word, <coughs> the word sawm in Arabic, it means to abstain, means to keep away from something, means to stay away from things. And here we are keeping away from things which are normally halal. If we can do this, why can't we stay away from haram? Why can't we then apply the same discipline, the same fear of Allah? Remember, nobody knows if you're fasting except Allah. Nobody knows. It's easy to take a sip of water. It's easy to eat something. It's easy to cheat the people. But you can never cheat Allah. Nobody knows it. So we are trained ourselves. We've trained ourselves to fear Allah. We are staying away from drinking and eating in secret because we fear Allah. Likewise, that same khawf and fear and taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should come through when it comes to things that are always haram. It's the month of tarbiyah. It's the month where we train ourselves, we're nurturing our souls, we're rectifying our souls. Walhamdulillah. So it's the happiest of times for the Muslims. It's a time where we rejoice. 
because we appreciate Allah's favor upon us that He's made us, He's brought us to one more Ramadan. He's allowed us to reach one more Ramadan. He's giving us another chance. You've got to the best of times. Just make use of it. Because after the ayah where Allah says, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu kutiba alaykum musiyam, kama kutiba aladina min qablikum alaykum tattakun. What did Allah say? Ayyaman ma'dudat. It's just going to be a few numbered days. A few days. And before you know it, the month is gone. Before you know it, your month has left you. And time is moving. Time is flying. And it waits for no man, as they say. So let us make use of this month. Have a schedule. Have a plan. Have a plan like you have a plan in every other aspect of life. You need a plan to succeed. Have a plan for Ramadan. I'm going to recite this much of the Quran. And I'm going to sit with the translation and read the meanings. And if I can, I will get me a simple tafsir and read the tafsir. It's available in the English language. Have a plan that these are my sins that I'm committing. These are my bad habits. I know my bad habits are such. I usually spend time doing the following, which is a bad habit. If it's smoking, put it down. If it's watching too much TV, put it down. If it's a sin that's done in private, in khalwa, where no one is there except you, put it down. If it's listening to music, put it down. If it's, if it's being an untrustworthy businessman, place it down. Whatever the sin is, if I'm someone who doesn't pray salah five times a day, write it down. This is my plan for the month of Ramadan. These are my sins that I know. These are major things that I know. It's bogging me down. Ikhwani fillah, your sins deprive you of all types of goodness. Your sins, should I say our sins, it deprives us of all types of khair. You wonder, why am I not succeeding? It's your sins that's keeping you back. Why am I not finding rizq? It's your sin that's preventing you. Why am I not finding ease? Matters are difficult. It's your sins that's preventing you. Why can't I find a good spouse? It's your sins that's preventing you. Why this? Why that? Why is there no time for the Quran? My day is so busy, I have no time. It's your sins that's preventing you. Why can't I wake up for Qiyamul Layl during the rest of the year? It's your sins that's preventing you. Your sin keeps you away. Our sins keep us away from righteous deeds. Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah, an imam, a classical imam from the Tabi'u Tabi'in, he said, Inni adhnabtu dhamban, I committed one sin. Fahurimtu min qiyam al-layl, and I was kept away from the night prayers for two to three months, he says. And he realized this afterwards. That he was unable to wake up. Every night he oversleeps. He gets up for Fajr and his intention was to make Qiyam, but he couldn't wake up. And he realized, you know what? This started when I committed that sin. And he made Tawbah for the sin and Allah facilitated Qiyamul Layl for him once again. It's our sins that is preventing all type of goodness in our lives. All types of goodness in our lives. Our sins are blocking the way. Now is the perfect time to change. It's the perfect time 
to rectify our affairs. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, now leave you on this hadith, that whoever reaches Ramadan, and Ramadan goes by, Ramadan, it goes by, and this person was not forgiven. This means, he didn't achieve the forgiveness of Allah, why not? He never gave up bad habits. He continued the same sins that he did before Ramadan, in Ramadan. He never made suluh with his family, he never rectified his haram that he does in private. He couldn't give up the bad habits. He never made an effort. He never made an effort. He does, he's not forgiven. The Prophet said, May his face be rubbed in dust. May this person be humiliated. May he be humiliated. And this was said on the mimbar. And Jibreel said, Amin. Jibreel said, Amin. Afan was this dua of Jibreel. This was the dua of Jibreel and the Prophet sallallahu said, Ameen. So what happened? The Prophet took a step, he said, Ameen. He took another step, he said, Ameen. took another step, he said, Ameen. And the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, you did this. He said, Jibreel came and made this dua. May these people's face be rubbed in dust. The one who reaches Ramadan, it goes by and is not forgiven. And the Nabi sallallahu said, Ameen. This is the dua of the greatest angel. And the Amin of the greatest of creation that was said on the mimbar. Ikhwani, this is a month where we must change. Allah has given us the gift of Ramadan. We must change. It's not an optional thing. It's not something that is just change or don't change. You ma- if you don't change in Ramadan, when are we ever going to change? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us, protect us, and may He make us the best of Ramadan for us. May He make us of those who achieve maximum benefit from this month, connect us with His book, the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and grant us all ikhlas in all of our actions. Ameen rabbal alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.